Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's kind of cool seeing how the Broncos have really returned to the NFL kind of national zeitgeist, five primetime games, opening up the 2022 regular season with a Monday night tilt versus the Seattle Seahawks on the road, letting Russell Wilson exercise that demon right out of the gates. And Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, ESPN now, not Fox. I know everyone's used to them on Fox. They're now calling Monday Night Football. Dude, they were gushing about the Russell Wilson edition and just kind of Denver's overall outlook now in 2022. It's amazing what a franchise quarterback can do. I've said it the day the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. I'll say it throughout the season. It's amazing what an elite quarterback can do for a franchise, not just on the field, but off the field as well. They are relevant again. They are maxed out in primetime games, seven nationally televised games, all eyes around the country and around the world, quite frankly, will be on the Broncos all because of number three, Russell Wilson. Let's ride. Let's ride indeed. Guys, we're stoked. We're lots to talk about tonight, believe it or not. And even though we sit here on day 16 of May, lots to discuss. We're going to chat with a special guest, Kim Becker of Mile High Huddle. You've been seeing her videos once again, Grace in the YouTube page, Grace in MileHighHuddle.com. We have a cool announcement that involves Kim. And we're going to talk to her about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but I want to shout out real quick, Michael Ronquillo, throwing down supers, keeping the lights on here at MHH. Thank you, Michael. Love you, buddy. Good evening to you as well. He says, uh, Chad and Zach on the mile. I had go Broncos hats off big dog. You know, we love you, Mike. Thanks for getting in early too. I mean, throwing down a super 17 minutes before we went live. So mile high salute to you, my friend. Love you. Appreciate you as always, Michael. Thank you. Uh, a few other quick hellos to uh, those of you who are hanging out in the chat, getting things rolling while we got the stream up and rolling. Appreciate you. We got the Duchess. We got Chase. We got Dale. We got Mile High Mike on YouTube. Uh, Jeff, man, this is really cool. Albert Knoppers is in the house. Greg Smith is in the house. Very, very cool. You know what? Instead of uh, Eric Weber as well, good to see you. Instead of uh, going through a few topics and then bringing on our guest as we are wont to do, Zach, let's just knock this out of the park right away and bring on Kim Becker, who has been on staff at Mile High Huddle for about two years, but she took about a six-month sabbatical last last year. But she's back, and she's back better than ever in full effect. First and foremost, though, Kim is with us. Kim Becker, what's going on? How are you? 
You guys, I missed you. A sabbatical, I guess, but I missed you during that sabbatical. <laughs> so we'll call it a, a sad leave of absence that needed to end very quickly. But now you're back. That water is under the bridge and we are stoked. Before we get to announcing some really fun, cool stuff that involves you, that involves Mile High Huddle, what is your take on this? We were just talking about how Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, and I'll pull up the article for yeah. scratch and sniff reference, um, but how they were gushing about Russell Wilson and kind of Denver's return to relevancy. Do you view it that way? And if so, why? You know, I do. I just feel like it's that piece that we've been missing. I know everybody says that, but the Broncos, it's been five, five years of losing seasons ever since Peyton Manning left. It's just been one of those hills we try to trudge up and you get to where you think it's going to work and then you just get knocked down really fast. But the thing that I really like about Russell Wilson, and is if you guys have not watched his TED Talk from 2020, you should, because he talks about neutral thinking and about all of the challenges that he went through when he was drafted by the Rockies, right? And then his dad passed away the next day and he had to get through all of that and really fix his mindset and he has a mental conditioning coach and that's what I think is so important and perhaps what Drew Locke was lacking the last several years was that mind game and the mental status so that's what really excites me about Russell Wilson I think that he was just that piece that we needed he's coming in here I know it's going to be a crazy Monday night game his return to Seattle the hype is going to be insane it's going to create a lot of pressure for him but I think he performs really well under pressure and I think that Denver holds a special place in his heart and I just feel like it's right and I know Joe Buck and Troy Aikman of course were gushing about that Monday night football game because it's also going to be their first game on ESPN that they are going to be broadcasting so I think it's just going to be a really incredible night but I do think it's going to set the tone for the rest of the season so you know we hope that Russell Wilson will be able to perform under that pressure and do well with the team but if he does I think we're going to have a really exciting year some viewers on Kelberman's Corner who, who tuned in to watch us uh, knew that we couldn't say one quarterback's name. That was Deshaun Watson at the time. But, Kim, you broke the cardinal sin of the Huddle Up podcast mentioning Drew Locke's name <laughs> in, in the same sentence as Russell Wilson. But it's true. He has all the resources and, more importantly, the talent and, I think, the mental capacity to make it as an NFL quarterback, as he's already done. And I mentioned relevancy. It's something George Payton talked about last offseason. He wants to get the Broncos back to the championship standard left before him by, by Pat Bolin. And look what Troy Aikman says right there, Hall of Fame quarterback. I expect them to have a good season. And a big part of that, of course, is because of Russell Wilson. No one was saying that because of Drew Locke, because of Teddy Bridgewater, uh, because of Paxton Lynch, because of Joe Flacco, any other quarterback with before him, Russell Wilson is a tier, three tiers among everybody else, and it's already paying dividends. Kim, it's interesting you bring up the neutral thing because yeah. actually I wasn't aware of that TED Talk, and now I'm like going over some of the things I've heard Russell Wilson say as a Bronco, one of which was when he was introduced as the new Denver Broncos quarterback March 16th, he was asked about, new head coach Nathaniel Hackett's kind of exuberant energy and just kind of his, his, I don't know. It's kind of sticky a little bit, but maybe not so much either way. What are your thoughts on that? Russ, what's it been like kind of being exposed to that? And he was like, you know, I'm going to paraphrase Russ here, but he's like, yeah, it's cool to be around. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit more neutral, but yeah, it's really great to see. Now that makes sense. Now for those of us, including myself, shame on me for not knowing about this Ted talk. It's can you elaborate a little on what that means? The yeah, neutral mindset. It's like a, it's a six minute video. You can find it. He did it in 2020. Um, he talks about 
he, it's basically an analogy to being a car that um, when you are going, you know, forward and it's not going well for you, like when the Seahawks, right? He's had a couple tricky years with the Seahawks and it's not going well. He said, you have to put yourself in neutral and you are deciding where you're going to go when you're in neutral because negativity just keeps going and you can't think negatively all the time because it will just continue to roll and it will take you places that you don't want to be, but it doesn't stop because the negativity will just push you in bad areas. So he says, you need to get back into neutral and change your mind into neutral thinking, into positive thinking. And then that way it will, your car or your vessel or your being or your journey will be pushed in the right direction. Somebody's read the secret. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, Kim, we want to keep talking about this, but let's, let's get the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Starting on Monday, pardon me. We're, we're talking Monday. starting on Wednesday. I think I botched this the last time too. Kim's new podcast. We've been hinting about this for a while now for, I don't know, probably about a month since Kim and I started talking and back in the saddle and we're rocking and rolling. Wednesday mornings. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was doing that while while we were talking. I know. 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Live yeah. streaming hosted by Kim. We're going to get some much needed female analysis into this conversation here at Mile High Huddle. We're super stoked. I know everybody's going to be showing up in force to hear you break it down and go through the uh, you know relevant Broncos topics of the day, but Tell everybody what's going on. Like Michaela here, stoked to see you. Michaela. Uh, the, we, we, we call her the Duchess of MHH here. I She's remember. so awesome. I remember Michaela. There were lots of shout outs by Michaela when we did Kelberman's Corner, Zach and I, the old Kelberman's Corner back in the day. So, no, I think this is going to be really exciting. I mean, for those of you maybe that don't know who I am or my background, I'm from Denver. I've been a Denver Broncos fan my whole life. I work in football media, so I just follow the Broncos and I love them. And it's been so long that I've been ex this excited about the team and the season. So um, joining these guys, this was really my first go at sports broadcasting and sports media about two years ago was joining Chad and Zach and Mile High Huddle and everyone. And they welcomed me with open arms and gave me a ton of opportunities. And I don't take any of them for granted. And this is another one. And I'm just really excited to be able to give some of my takes. And I also want to be able to invite some of you guys out there on with me. And I want you guys to be able to talk with me and ask me questions too, because I love what you guys have here at MHH. And that's the connection with the fans. And I want to make sure I really incorporate that as well. So I'm really excited. What we have, Kim, here at MHH. What we have. What we have. You're right. What we it, have, we call it a Michaela bomb on this show, and it's very well deserved. And congratulations, Kim, on your new show. I know you're going to kill it. And you have a, already a fan in Dale who per, correctly guessed that you're going to get your own show on MHH. Zach, great name, did as well. He agrees with Dale, and he was pretty excited about it. He likes your football IQ, so I think you're going to have a good audience. I think you're going to deliver a good product, and it's an interesting uh, venture. I'm excited well, to see. I, it. I expect to see Dale there then Wednesday morning. <laughs> you see it, Dale. Hey, maybe even every once in a blue moon, you can get Kelberman to show up on Wednesday morning and kind of rekindle mm. some of that Kelberman's corner fire, hot takes that hold water. Come on, Kelberman. You got to you gotta do it for me. Come on. We'll have Kelberman's corner coming back. I pitched Kim's corner. You weren't crazy about it. So we still have KK. You know, the, That's your thing. The, I don't the, the original KK. EJ, though, is excited for you. Uh, Kim Kim is very knowledgeable of all things Broncos. Appreciate you, EJ. Michaela likes some KB talk, so... I Good stuff. Good vibes. Guys. This is yes, so fun. indeed. I miss this. Yeah. It's going to be a gas. So, guys, we will uh, obviously expect to see as many of you as possible uh, Wednesday morning when the show kicks off. 
Becker's Broncos bites and, you know, Hey, drive time for a lot of people in the mountain time zone for a lot of folks that are just getting to work, maybe at eight, put it in the earbud, contribute to the conversation. We need all hands on deck because it's just going to be trust. It's going to be quality content and we're looking forward to it, Kim. So thank you for making some time for us here tonight. We'll look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday. And then how can people connect with you on Twitter and social media outside of the live streams? Yes, appreciate it. So my handle on both Twitter, Instagram is at Kimberly J. Becker right there in the corner. Um, here in the corner, I guess that's how people do it these days. Um, yeah. So connect with me there. I'd love to hear from some of you guys. Go ahead and DM me. My DMs are open. So let's go. I want to get to know some of you guys on a personal level. It'd be so fun. RIP your DMs. <laughs> hey, I keep mine open too, just because you know what? I've actually had good luck. Not, not so much good luck, but I've had a few fortuitous things occur because I kept my DMs open for yes. what it's worth. Same. From, mm-hmm. from a business perspective. So anyway, Kim, you're awesome. Thanks for making time for us. We'll see you on Wednesday morning. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. We'll see you Wednesday. All right. There she goes. Kim Becker. Becker's Bronco Bites. Triple Becker's B. Broncos Bites. Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Right here on Mile High Huddle. It's going to be a gas. Don't miss it, guys. Howie freaking day. What's freaking going on, dude? How are things in your freaking neck of the woods, my dog? Uh, yeah, let's ride indeed. I want to get Zach to uh, some of these quotes specifically from Aikman and Joe Buck. All right. Um, provided courtesy of new employee of denverfan.com, Andrew Mason. Quote This is Troy Aikman. I like Denver. I expect them to have a good season. And a big part of that, of course, is because of Russell Wilson. And then he went on, Zach, to say, The guy has just won. He's taken all but a couple teams to the postseason. I think he's had one losing season. That was last year. I think the guy is a winner, and I think he's going to win in Denver. Close quote. And I, as I remind everybody real quick, Zach, before I serve this back over to you, 10 years did Russell Wilson serve as Seattle's starting quarterback. Only two of those years did they miss the playoffs. And as Aikman rightly points out, only one of those years was a losing season. Yeah, and that came uh, because of an injury. And even so, you compare Russell Wilson's stats last year, career lows, it was better than any Broncos quarterback since Peyton Manning, I'm pretty sure, or at least in the same vicinity. So he is a winner. He's proven to be a winner. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. He's a former Super Bowl champion. They don't grow on trees. They're not available very often. They haven't come to Denver very often, especially since Peyton Manning, but he's in Denver now, and he's working with Peyton, which we uh, talked about on yesterday's show. So it's definitely exciting and I'm happy he's getting the national attention that he deserves. And I think Denver deserves as well. And if you think about it, how often over the past six years of depredations, have we seen the Broncos keep things close against a quality opponent, right? And then you get down to the clutch moments, the quarterback either can't put the team on his shoulders and make those plays in the critical times uh, to come out on top or, as we saw often in the case of Vic Fangio's defenses, Zach, they would wither in those clutch moments. But that's not a Russell Wilson thing. Russell Wilson is a clutch quarterback, as Joe Buck points out here. Quote, says Buck, not only being a guy that wins, he answers the bell every game. This was the first year that he was hurt. We were there when he got hurt, which was the Seahawks game against the LA Rams last October. And it was weird to see them operate without Russell Wilson on the field 
And then he goes on to say, quote, he got hit a lot and he was looking out of the ear hole of his helmet half the time after getting up after big hits and he went right back in the huddle and went right back to work. All these head coaches talk about availability. No one has been more available, Zach, than Russell Wilson. I get that, but no one has invincibility. And if the Broncos don't protect him rightly, he's going to get hurt again or he's at risk to get hurt again. So I really hope, you know, people like Billy Turner, whoever works out at right tackle, I hope Quinn Miners at guard, whoever they're starting at center, I hope Garrett Bowles goes back to 2020 form. I just hope they keep Russell Wilson upright because when he's healthy, he is truly a top Definitely top 10, but I'd say top eight quarterback in the NFL. And Chase Wellner kind of hammering home my point here. Russ had a better year last year than Brady or Stafford the year before they went to new teams. And that's with an injury happening. That's in a career-worst season. He still put up those numbers. Imagine what he can do over the course of 17 games with the weapons he has around him now. It's tantalizing, yeah. but you've got to keep him upright or else it won't matter. One or two more quotes I want to get to that are, I think, noteworthy for our conversation here. Going back to Joe Buck on Russ, quote, he's just the model of consistency. You start putting his numbers up and you realize what he's done. The first decade of his career has been sensational. And you go back to his college days, the guy just wins. And then this one provided courtesy of the Denver Post, Ryan O'Halloran, um, on Troy Aikman when he saw the Monday night schedule and specifically how it shook out to open the season with the Broncos traveling for the Seahawks. Aikman quote, I was thrilled. That was one I certainly circled to have it right out of the box is awesome. Wilson will be fantastic. Close quote. So they're betting already, Zach, that when it comes to the opportunity of returning to his old stomping grounds for the first time as a opponent, as a foe, he will be equal to that opportunity. Yeah, and the Broncos are already three-and-a-half-point road favorites for that game, and I think that line will increase in their favor as the months and weeks go on. But yeah, I think he's going to be out for revenge. Even if he doesn't admit it, he'll never publicly take a stand against Seattle. He's too much of a consummate pro to do that, but you know inside he wants to beat down Pete Carroll, beat down John Schneider, beat down Drew Locker, Geno Smith, whoever's quarterbacking Seattle, and prove that he's still an elite guy, and they made a grave mistake trading him, and their mistake will be the Broncos' benefit. Philip, thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, good evening, guys. I'm excited about the new season. As well, you should be. I mean, if you've got veterans of the football slash media game like Buck and Aikman, I mean, literally gushing over your Denver Broncos, that's cause for optimism. I mean, it's no, it's no guarantee of success by any stretch. Broncos, as John Elway said last week, you know, they could use a little luck in the injury department, in, or I should say in the health department, avoiding injuries especially a few key guys, you know, Bradley Chubb, for example, Randy Gregory, for example, a few other guys, if they can stay healthy. And as long as Russ is kept upright, man, he's going to be able to cook. Riley, thank you for that super chat, my dog. And thank you for being patient too. He says, my dad just bought me some tickets for Broncos Chargers for my birthday. Yo, that's awesome. He's never been to an NFL game, had no idea what he's in for. I'm flying down from San Francisco uh, and him from Denver, I'm psyched. MHH, Denver Broncos for life. That's so cool, dude. That's so cool. It's uh, probably not going to quite be like a Denver home game like it's been in years past because the Chargers are kind of starting to build up their own little swath of fans there in L.A. County. But that could that's going to be a good game, dude. 
Yeah, happy birthday well in advance, and I hope the Broncos and Russell Wilson delivers you an appropriate gift. I'm excited for every AFC West matchup. I think this is the year the Broncos get the brooms out and complete a couple sweeps, and it might very well happen against the Chargers. I'm excited. I just love, dude. It's like if you put yourself back <clears throat> as a fan and just hang tight. One sec, Lawrence. I'm going to grab you. When Peyton was here or when Elway was here, and contrast that with what it was like over the last six years when the chips were down and you knew you needed your quarterback to either make a play to hold on. I mean, think of the Tennessee game, Zach, 2020, the season opener. Everyone's so stoked and excited for Drew Locke, right? And after his 4-1 and one finish to his rookie year, you got Jerry Judy. Broncos are leading the Titans, and they were a former playoff team. In fact, they were coming off – wasn't that the, the year – following them making it to the title game, to the AFC title game. Either way, they're a playoff team. Broncos have a lead. Get the ball back. All they need to do is execute the four-minute offense. And the play calls from Pat Shermer obviously left much to be desired. There was a drop pass by Jerry Judy on a critical, the third down that ended that possession and gave it back to Tennessee. They drove down, scored. You never knew what was going to happen with these quarterbacks. But with Peyton, you always knew that, hey, if the chips are down, we don't even need to flip a coin. Our guy's going to come out on top. Same with Elway. That's how it's going to be with Russell Wilson. Keep it close. Not even keep it close, but if and when it's close, Russell's going to will the team to victory. He's got that in him. The thing is, the Broncos over the years have, say what you want about their record, how poor they've played. They've lost a lot of close games, a lot of one-possession games, and it could have gone either way. And if they had a clutch elite quarterback like they do now, who knows what could have happened? I think you put Russell Wilson, even with Fangio, even with Pat Shermer on last year's team, you're probably nine and eight. You're not seven and ten. Lawrence, he says, "What's up, guys? I've been spinning, <clears throat> pardon me, my head around uh, bringing Odell Beckham Jr. to really make our run cemented." And then, no. Kim, we've missed you. I don't feel that. <clears throat> pardon me at all. Like, no, definitely not. Some of the bigger names out there still languishing um, that are wide receiver types. I, the Broncos are loaded for bear at wide receiver. I know Jerry Judy just got arrested last year, but he's healthy. He's going to have a competent, dynamic quarterback under center. Cortland Sutton, Zach, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler's ahead of schedule on his recovery. Then you get to the tight end group. I mean, who knows? This, this Dontrell Washington, he could turn into something. I mean, the Broncos really don't need to go out and, and assign any capital, whether it's giving up someone via, something via trade or cap dollars to another wide receiver. There are already, questionably, too many mouths to feed. And then beyond them, like you named, you have the likes of Kendall Hinton and Tyree Cleveland and Seth Williams and Travis Fulgham. I was going to say, people are kind of making too big of a deal out of Jerry Judy. I think the worst that could happen to him uh, is a, a fine. He's, I don't think he's going to get suspended, but even if they lost him, God forbid, for an entire season, they have more than enough weapons as is with the players we just named. So Odell Beckham wouldn't do much. I feel like he only thrived last year because the Rams were an eventual Super Bowl winner. It was the perfect locker room for him, but he's always going to be that volatile player that punches uh, field goal nets on the sideline and proposes to him, whatever Odell Beckham did in New York. I don't want any potential culture disturbances in Dove Valley, and that's what I think he could be under the wrong circumstances. Claude Riley, thank you for the stars, my friend. It means a lot. We really got to crank if we're going to hit the goal of 200,000 stars on Facebook this month. Uh, ben says, uh, until now, Broncos Russ is our missing piece, but we had a weak coach 
uh, coaching staff on offense with good talent. Aikman never really liked the Broncos, so he never would acknowledge. Very fair and very true, actually. Um, never got a lot of opportunities to call Bronco games because he was an NFC network, but still, fair point. Real quick, Zach, I want to draw everybody's attention to another new development. We've been promising you a lot of new things and changes here at MHH, and it's happening. Not only, you know, Legends of Mile High with Thomas Hall, Kim's new podcast that's debuting this Wednesday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time, but our new merch store, same URL that you're all used to, huddleuppod.com. So many different new designs. We've completely rolled out a, a new look. We've changed our provider, and there are just so many different options. I mean, doggy stuff, uh, toys, teddy bear, stuffed animals, stuff for kids, stuff for dudes, stuff for ladies. I mean, you name it. There's so much stuff. And as far as new designs, they're coming down the pike literally as we speak. Right now, for the next seven days, you go to the shop, huddleuppod.com, pick whatever you want. You want a new uh, something special for the phone, you want a new T-shirt, whatever it might be, a case, go to huddleuppod.com. 15% off right now at the shop. All you got to do is, as you can see on this big orange banner, click redeem to get that 15% off. You're in like Flynn. And you might have noticed as well, right below this video box, if you're on YouTube, where you see Zach and I talking Broncos this very moment, you scroll down, you can see that you can actually buy merch now within YouTube from our channel. So different developments. YouTube reached out to us, let us know kind of how to get that set up and how to move forward and very kind and, and helpful. So we're doing it. And hopefully it makes things, Zach, not only easier on everybody that is supportive and patronizes our merch store and helps us to keep the lights on here at MHH, but providing, I mean, look at this, endless options. I mean, right now, Zach, real quick, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but if we go to kids and babies, all right, just kids and babies, all right, look, all kinds of stuff, okay, from bibs to onesies to beanies to hoodies to face masks to you name it. So, guys, go to huddleuppod.com. Check out some of the new designs, some of the new different uh, T-shirts and options. We're going to have a lot of newer stuff coming down as far as logos and different designs. But I'm telling you right now, if you go to huddleuppod.com, you're not going to see the same old, same old merch. So, and again, remember, last thing, it's another way to help support your football priests and all of us here at MHH and what we're doing on a, on a daily I remember when we launched the store, the bare as bare bones as it was, the response was overwhelming, Chad. We still get orders to this day fairly consistently, and you guys just uh, attacked it with ferocity. So we definitely appreciate that. We know you'll do the same thing for the redesigned website. So uh, go check that out when you ask some time. All right. Appreciate you guys. And remember, hey, scroll through as you're listening to us talk Broncos right here on YouTube. Uh, here we have Big Raider Drox jumping in. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. He says, can you please do an AFC West record prediction? Love the show. What are your thoughts about Josh McDaniels? Zach, I'm going to reverse engineer that and start with McDaniels. I am not a believer in that Josh McDaniels is all the much wiser for his time in Denver on his second go-around. I mean, there's something to be said in fairness for a coach who on the first go around as a head man swing and a miss. And then the second time they find success. I mean, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, both won Super Bowls with their second team as a head coach. So it's not outside the bounds of the plausible. It's just that from a character perspective, any former player I've talked to anyone that worked around or with Josh McDaniels during his two years here, he was just not known as a very good human being. And when you got, Hey, 
football brain from here to the moon. The dude's very smart, knows a lot about football, spent a lot of time under the wing of Bill Belichick, spent a lot of time under uh, even the wing of Tom Brady. But if there's a disconnect, Zach, between football IQ and let's just call it heart, therein to me lies potentially a problem. I remain in a believe it when I see it kind of mode with regard to Josh McDaniels and the Raiders' success. I mean, it's easy to clown on him for what uh, how disastrous he was in Denver. I'm going to try to be reasonable and realistic and objective. I thought the, the Raiders had a head coach already on the roster in Rich Bisaccia, and they should have kept him around. He literally took them to the playoffs after the John yep. Gruden disaster. I, I thought he galvanized the team. He deserved a shot. I like what Josh McDaniels did in terms of bringing on Patrick Graham as his DC. I think their defense is going to be a lot better than they already were improving on. And I like that he kept Derek Carr. I happen to believe, as do you, that Derek Carr is criminally underrated. And I know he's an enemy. I know he's a foe, but that's the fact to me. He's a pretty damn good quarterback, and they could have easily flipped him out for a rookie. They could have started Marcus Mariota over him. They didn't. They kept him around. They kept Darren Waller around. They kept the core, and they added to the core with Devontae Adams. I like that move to make the offense a super offense because that's McDaniel's specialty. What I don't like, though, or what I do like from the Broncos' perspective is hiring Tom McMahon as the special teams coordinator. They're going to be a disaster because that's what his coaching begets, and I can't wait to see that dumpster fire take place. And like Chad mentioned, is Josh McDaniels a different person? Every move looks great in February, March, April, May, whatever. What are you going to do come September, October, November, December? In clutch or epic situations, how is he going to respond? Is he going to call correct challenges, everything that goes into being a head coach, not just player management, but personnel management, game planning, game uh, play calling. That's what I want to see out of McDaniels. Otherwise, what do we have to go on? An epic flame out with the Broncos. Yeah, I guess Big Raider Drock's first step was he didn't immediately arrive in Vegas and trade the team's franchise quarterback. So that's a good thing. Um, quick record prediction. I'm not going to do records, but I'll give you how I think the AFC West is going to shake out in terms of hierarchy and the standings. I do think this is the year the Chiefs take a little bit of a step back. Not a massive step back, but I don't think the Chiefs win the division this year. Denver, KC, Chargers, Raiders. I think it's going to take some time for McDaniels to put things together in Vegas. If it's going to work, I think it's going to take a little time, but if you've watched our show for any stretch of time, you know that we always gave, especially last year, the Raiders their props. They swept the Broncos. They have a ton of talent, do the Raiders, and they've got the quarterback thing solved. That's been solved. Coaching is it there now. As Zach mentioned, Basaccia uh, turned out to be like the the you know diamond in the rough that was just waiting and do, did something that not even Gruden could do. Right in terms of leading this team to the playoffs. I guess Gruden did lead them to the playoffs one time. But either way, the Raiders, I think they finish last this time. But it could flip-flop because I'm not a big believer in the Chargers either. I think they're they're another one of those teams. Uh, believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with the, uh, with the order of the AFC West. And as much as I do like Derek Carr, what sucks for the Raiders and what's great for the Broncos is that Carr is arguably the worst quarterback in the division now. He is. He's fourth best. So what lemonade can Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams and that whole offense, what can they do with all of that? Can they be better than Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert? I don't think so. 
I do think the Broncos will finish second, like Chad said, 11-12 wins, and they will contend. They will make a late-season push for the crown because, I, I agree with Chad, uh, Kansas City's going to take a step back. Um, Albert Knoppers, legendary member of our community, he says, when Wilson wins a Super Bowl with the Broncos, will he be the first quarterback that wins with the team that he's beaten? beaten? Yes, he would be in the Super Bowl. First of all, he becomes the first quarterback to start when he does finally start week one, he will become the first quarterback to start for a team he defeated in a Super Bowl ever. So then it goes without saying that if they win the Super Bowl, yes, the answer to that would be yes. Yeah, I think we're burying the lead here because Albert started by saying when not yeah. if Wilson wins the Super Bowl. So I love the optimism. I love the confidence, Albert. And yeah, it will be uh, thrilling if that does happen. When that does happen. Excuse me. Yes, indeed. Um Okay, let me uh, – yeah, so Scott brings it up. Not a ton of guys who have won as a starting quarterback two di a Super Bowl, two different teams. So Kurt Warner almost pulled, almost became the first quarterback to pull it off when he led the Cardinals to a Super Bowl, came up just short against Big Ben and the Steelers. Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 50 then became the very first quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl with two different teams, then Brady matched it. So there's only two cues that have ever done it, and I don't think it's really outside the bounds of the possible, Zach, to hedge that Russell Wilson could become the third sometime in the next three years. I think based on what we've seen lately in the NFL, nothing is impossible in any circumstance. And the optimism is extending to stop chill here. He says, can't wait to see uh, Wilson lighting up the entire NFL this year on his road to being the MVP. Wilson will have 4,800 yards, 46 touchdowns, and nine picks. It brings up the topic that I saw on a recent podcast. I can't remember which one. It was what's likelier, uh, the Broncos winning the Super Bowl or Russell Wilson MVP. And I'm thinking to myself, if they win the Super Bowl, it'll more than likely be because Russell Wilson was playing at an MVP level. So regardless... I'm not big on personal accolades, but I hope the Broncos do have a quarterback that hits those numbers. And I got to be honest with the supporting cast he has and the coaching he should have. It's uh, attainable. It's not unrealistic. No. Now we don't want to crown them before they've even taken a uh, regular season snap with Russ, but I'm telling you there's some there there. Um, all right. Let me jump back into this chat here. We're at about, 33 minutes. So we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Um, a lot of props for Kim and her new show. Love seeing that. It's going to be good stuff guys. And by the way, look, here's Terry rig. It's been a minute. Good to see you in the chat. Um, Hey, don't feel too bad. You're here now. So it's all good. And the abs have been very deser uh, deserving of fandom. Dan, what's going on? Appreciate you really do. Um, Travis Weber says, I read an article about former employees that are saying the Raiders are imploding from within the organization upstairs. I haven't, haven't heard that myself, Zach. I don't know if uh, you can speak to that, but listen, I'm not going to be surprised if and when it really not only doesn't work out with McDaniels, but potentially blows up in the Raiders' face. I think it's a situation with like Daniel Snyder in Washington or, you know, if a franchise has a, 
a fairly bad owner, then the clown show tends to run itself. I've seen the resignations. I can't remember the title of the guy who just walked away, but it's like four or five people now in the upper echelon of the Raiders hierarchy that have resigned. Am I even talking about the Mike Mayock departure of the John Gruden resignation business football, business people and football personnel people have all walked away. So where there's smoke, there's fire. I think. Here's an update for our great YouTube Super Chat superstars for the contest we're running in the month of May. Top five finishers cumulatively on YouTube. Their names go into a hat. Draw one out. They win a Broncos jersey of their choosing or one of these Demarius Thomas jerseys that you guys have seen me flash uh, on the camera here. The rankings currently are number one, Ethan, the DWI guys. And by the way, Ethan, thank you for the super thanks. So Ethan throws down Super Chats. When we're live, especially on the morning shows, because he's across the pond. He's nine hours ahead of us uh, in time in the United Kingdom in London. He throws down on our show when he can, but he's really involved in Broncos for Breakfast. And then, hey, last show you and I did Sunday night, yesterday, he threw down a super thanks, which is a newer feature. You guys have heard us mention on YouTube where you can actually show support without being in the live chat. It can be a stream that has ended. You can still throw down a, a super thanks. So, Ethan, thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. And it all counts toward the uh, Superstar Contest each and every month. Michael Ronquillo at number two. Michaela the Duchess at number three. Pobby, who was not ranked going into today, has suddenly rocketed into the top five with a number four seeding currently. And then Tanner at five. And then just I'll scroll a little bit. You can see some of the names that are just outside the top five. D-Dub, Sam Bam, Shane, Paul, Naj, Mark, Casey, Kendrick, etc. So much love and respect. The Super Chats, hey, it really does help keep the lights on, especially with what we do here at MHH with the daily live streams. And as you've, you've seen, we live stream Zach podcast here at MHH seven nights a week. No one else in our industry does that. They'll say they're daily, but to them daily is like, hey, we throw a podcast out there two or three days a week. We go seven days a week, and now this week will mark the beginning of us having an offering up a morning show on five of those seven days, so every weekday. Naj, what's up, dude? We'll get, we'll get you next. Yeah, it's uh, we're expanding because you guys are uh, giving us such positive influence and, and positive reaction to the content that we're putting out, and we've said it a billion times, and I'll say it a billion and one times. We are so appreciative and so grateful for all you tuning in and interacting and reading the stories and patronizing the websites. We can't say it enough, but we'll continue to provide the content that you guys want to see. Naj, what's up, bro? Thank you for the super chat. He says, hey, brothers, what sort of split do you see between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at running back similar to last season? Or will there be a focus on getting Javante 15 to 20 touches a game? This is a really good question that I think now has to be in doubt with Melvin Gordon returning. Obviously, before Melvin came back, it would have been pretty easy to say, hey, we don't need a crystal ball to assume Javante will get the lion's share of the touches. But now with Melvin Gordon back, it's a little bit harder to say or answer, will he? But, Zach, if there is something that levels the playing field here, it's a new coaching staff. So none of them really have the ties slash loyalties to Melvin Gordon. There is, um, you know, Javante's as fresh to them as, as Gordon is. I don't know if it levels it because Hackett came in and said he wants a stable of running backs. And then Peyton responded by re-signing Melvin Gordon when they already had Mike Boone under contract. I think they're going to, I mean, Peyton's said it himself and, and Hackett said it himself as well. They're still going to have a split uh, committee 
But I think if last year was 50-50, you're going to see 65-35, if my math adds up on that, where it's more toward Javante, 60-40 maybe. Melvin's going to get his carries, but they're going to try to establish, if they can, Javante as the RB1, as they should, I think. Yeah, I think they would be remiss to, to not – I know you've got Melvin back on a one-year deal, so it's like, hey, smoke him if you got him type thing. But you would be remiss to not feed Javante, your young, still fresh-legged uh, running back that you traded up to draft in the second round. Like, now's the time. Hey, I can understand what their approach was last year. Melvin's on the last year of his deal. Javante's a rookie. So let's kind of use him as much as we can, but kind of keep the, the even by a small margin, the lion's share of the touches to the, the veteran. Now's the time to go in on Javante and let Melvin be the compliment. I think that would be the wisest thing to do. Not only bang for bucks, Zach, for Javante, but bang for buck for Melvin Gordon as well. Ben, do you guys travel to away games? If so, which ones? Uh, not really, dude. So, I mean, we, we might do it this year and go down t- to Vegas but I miss me on Kansas city in December, you know, maybe LA we'll see. Mostly we like to stick to the fun stuff we do with the meet and greets at home. I was going to say about the Gordon Javante split uh, game flow will dictate a lot of what they do on a weekly basis. If they're up and they have a big lead in the, in the second half, they're going to run the ball more, maybe use Javante as the closer, or maybe they might use Melvin Gordon to keep Javante healthy but they're not going to have to play from behind as often, which should help the running game as a whole. I don't really care who gets the numbers as long as the Broncos get into the end zone and they, you know, they get the yards and they get there to a lot of victories. Dan, thank you for the stars, my friend, and the support on Facebook. He says, let's talk about undrafted rookie edge rusher, Christopher Allen, formerly of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We actually spent quite a bit of time last night, Dan, talking about Allen. Uh, here's the cliff notes of what we discussed last night. All right. Lot to be intrigued about. Talented. Nathaniel Hackett really likes Allen's um, character. Said he's a great person. That's a direct quote. But the focus right now for Denver is we got to get him healthy. So what could he be once they do get him healthy? There could be something there. But first things first, get him on the field after he suffered a broken foot early on in um, the, his his last season at Alabama. I think what we know about him right now is he's pretty much locked into at least a practice spot practice squad spot after the Broncos paid him $180,000 guaranteed as a college free agent. So um, they have high hopes for him. They feel like when he's healthy, he could be a serviceable pass rusher. I don't know about future starter, but definitely like a Malik Reed situational backup edge rusher. You can never have too many as Hackett has said, and they think that he can be another guy in the cog, the cog in the machine. Lawrence, can Hackett be a Donald Williams McCafferty to or a George Seifert, literally the only two rookie coaches to win a Super Bowl. Um, could be, yeah, by virtue of the fact that you got Russell Wilson. And guys, it's not just Russ. Like, you've got some of the pieces on defense to be a smothering dominant unit. You need a few things to come together, though, in order for that to truly be effectuated, Zach. Namely, in my opinion, health to Randy Gregory, health to Bradley Chubb, development from Nick Benito, the second-round rookie, and then you need that off-ball linebacker duo to kind of stay on the field and come together. And who's it going to be next to Josie Jewell? Is it going to be Baron Browning? I'm not worried about the secondary. I'm really not, dude. Like, Even if they suffer an injury or two in that unit, 
they've got some depth there. Even if something happens to Kareem, cool. I mean, not not ideal, but you've got Caden Stearns. Something happens to one of the three corners. You drafted some guys, and you got a few guys waiting in the wings. You've got the horses. If you're Nathaniel Hackett, my point here, Zach, by virtue of Russell Wilson's arrival, to be one of those surprise worst of first teams that goes comes out of nowhere to win it all. I mean, can they? Sure. The NFL has proven that the new wave of the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, younger coaches is, is the way of the future. And the Broncos finally jumped on that wave on the offensive side by hiring Hackett. They brought along out and they have what seems to be a good system in place. Finally, the correct mindset in the year 2022, the antithesis of last year's coaching staff. So it should help them in, th- in that department. But so many things have to work for them to win a title. I don't want the expectation. Of course, it should be the expectation. That should be the standard. But after the last five years, expecting to win the Super Bowl in the year one of the Russell Wilson era, I think is a little, a little much. Think about this real quick. I, I know this is a weird segue, but Scott just got me going a little bit here. The phrase off-ball linebacker must have been coined in the Department of Redundancy Department. Get it? Because think about it. What is a linebacker? Backer, back off the line, right? You're behind the line. So off ball, we already know that. Anyway, very interesting. Mahomes uh, from Savage Boy Kev, our obligatory Twitch comment of the night. We try to get to at least one Twitch comment each and every stream. Uh, Savage Boy Kev, the Mahomes contract is going to bite the Chiefs in their behind in the coming years. Watch. We are destined for greatness for the next decade. Zach, how much truth do you think there is to that particular trope? I think he's worth the money. Honestly, you can say what you want about the downturn of Kansas City, but that's going to be a cheap contract in maybe a year, two years. The Chiefs got ahead of the curve, and the number looks big, but when you break it down on a yearly basis, it's Patrick Mahomes. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to make the Chiefs a Super Bowl contender. So I, I would like to see them fall off. Of course, I would like to see a new uh, leader atop the mountain in the West, but they're still there for a reason, and the Broncos have to unseat them. And they still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. They're still going to be a challenge, his contract notwithstanding. Mike, dude, with number two of the night, two nights in a row with two super chats, and this one extremely, extremely generous, solidifying his place in the top five. Michael Ronquillo. Don't know what more I can say to let you know how much we do love and appreciate you, my dog. Other than to uh, remind you, open invitation to come join us on the show for a superstar segment whenever you are up to it, my friend. Love you. Thank you, Michael. Also, we have uh, Lawrence throwing down some stars for Big T, Travis Weber, who says, hey, I want that Demarius Thomas jersey. I want a shot at it, but I'm a little bit stars broke right now. Lawrence hooking him up. Appreciate that. And hey, Trav, I know you want that jersey. Um, there's still time yet, my dog. There's still time yet. Yo, not Dexter. We're not talking Dexter. We're talking Geo. We're talking George Vandermark in the house. A Mount Rushmore super chat superstar here at MHH. Been with us since the beginning. You've got mavens like Zeus McPeak, mavens like the Queen, Christy, mavens like George Vandermark, who've been with us. Supporting us since we decided to take our podcast from an on-demand audio only to doing them as live streams first and then turning that into an audio upload after the fact. So, George, I know uh, you've been through the ringer, my dog. I know you've been through it. So 
Glad to see you continuing to keep that stiff upper lip, fighting through uh, the adversity that you've dealt with. And thank you for throwing down a super, bro. It's great to see you. He says, hey, guys, just checking in. I want to enjoy my summer, but I can't wait till the season to start. Hashtag them Broncos for life. I think that's how a lot of fans feel right now, Zach, is, hey, excited for summer, lots to do. But, like, I'm already looking past it to September. Yeah, I'm not a big summer guy. I love fall. I love winter. Not just because of football. I just I like the the temperature outside a lot better. So I'm willing to press fast forward on the summer and get to right to September. But uh, we have to enjoy the process. And we've all waited years now for a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber to arrive. I'm soaking in every moment, uh, you know, to the regular season. Also, shout out to Jasmine, George's daughter, who I know oftentimes watches the podcast with him. So good to see you, Gio. Um, I think that was my fault. I don't know that that flash there. But guys, we are at 47 minutes, so we're going to start winding her down a little bit here. I want to check to see um, since, hey, we're on the subject. We, we grabbed one Twitch. Let's grab another here. Denver Luke one. I'll let you take this one, Zach, since you covered the Cowboys for the last few years. Do you see Randy Gregory being a big-time playmaker? When he's healthy, I just pop on the film. I mean, go on Twitter, type in Randy Gregory, and look at his Cowboys highlights from last year. He is a game wrecker. Look at the sack against New England on Mac Jones. I thought Mac Jones was dead. And I'm not being hyperbolic. He looked like he killed him. He hit him that hard. Forced a fumble, changed the entire complexity of that game. A one-man wrecking crew when he's healthy, when he's out of trouble. If the Broncos check off those two caveats, they're getting a guy who's worthy of his contract because he's going to change the game. He's going to change the defense for Denver. They did not get after the quarterback enough under Vic Fangio. They did not take the ball away enough under Vic Fangio. Both of those things will change now under Ajiro Evero, partly or largely because of Randy Gregory's presence. I'm excited to see him play. Phil, I'm sorry to hear you're still having problems on Facebook, but I'm just glad you're in the in the room contributing to the conversation. Talking about Broncos tickets, he says it looks like tickets start at 450 bucks and go up to 2k. So you're going to see a climb in. I mean, they go up every year it seems like anyway. But if you can remember back when Peyton came here, I mean things kind of started to reach a manic proportions under Tebow just like the way that 2011 season shook out and then that was kicked into the stratosphere when Peyton came the following offseason and it just became a dang expensive prospect to try and get tickets to a Broncos game if you're not lucky enough to either be a season ticket holder or you get in early on the single game um, when they open it up for single game purchase which they just did this last week on the secondary market, I'm telling you, man, you're gonna have you're gonna be spending four or five hundred bucks on, as a floor for nosebleed seats. That's just the score. I mean, what were Broncos tickets last year? 150 bucks, 100 mm -hmm. bucks, whatever. If I would have told you, uh, you guys would be enjoying Russell Wilson as your quarterback, but you have to pay a couple hundred dollars more to see him play, would you not sign up for that? Every fan would, of course. So that comes with the the cost of doing business, of having a quarterback of that magnitude, the Broncos being a primetime relevant team now, they're going to be more expensive, but they're hopefully delivering the fans a product worthy of that price. Amen. Karen on YouTube says, why didn't we ever train a quarterback up like we failed to do for years? And why would any quarterback want to come to, to Denver as a draft pick ever? Well, they don't have a choice. Well, yeah, I mean – that is what it is. But uh, it wasn't for lack of trying. That's for dang sure. The Broncos tried 
a lot of different tacts. I mean, every solution they thought they had turned out to be the wrong one. I think in most cases, with the exception of Paxton Lynch, that was just straight up a bad pick. Like, sorry, John, Elway, no excuses on that one, dude. You just didn't do your due diligence. Sorry, bud. Paxton Lynch was an embarrassment. But let's think of some of the other solutions. Trevor Simeon sat behind Peyton Manning for a year, learned some things. They thought they might be able to get by for a year with him. And I understood that, but while you bring along Paxton Lynch, didn't work out that way because Paxton just wasn't even close to what you thought he might could be. The biggest issue here, why these different quote-unquote solutions at quarterback failed to thrive, I'm talking from Joe Flacco to Drew Locke to uh, Chad Kelly, Case Keenum. Say it. Who? Coaching. That's why. That's why they failed to thrive. They had Mike McCoy, Bill Musgrave, you know, uh, freaking Pat Shermer. How do you expect to thrive in that environment? And look at the head coaches, Chad. Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio outright publicly hated his quarterback in Drew Locke. He did not try to hide it. So how can any quarterback thrive under those circumstances? They can't. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Guys, um, if you have, like Phil, any kind of problem throwing down stars on our live streams, he brings up a point here. Another way to support us on the merch store. Go to huddleuppod.com. We just rolled out, as you heard us earlier, a whole new experience, multiple new options for you. So, uh, Phil, I'm sure you'll get it figured out. If not, hey, let not your heart be troubled. Um, last one for tonight, guys, and then we got to dip on out of here. From Ben Wallman, what kind of impact do you feel Chubb will have be an opposite of Gregory this year. Zach, I think if Bradley Chubb stays healthy, and that's the Dakum asterisk caveat anytime Bradley Chubb's name comes up, but if he stays healthy, the only time he was healthy and available for the Broncos in a full season was as a rookie. What'd he do? Turned in one of the most prolific rookie campaigns as an edge rusher in the history of the NFL, 12 sacks as a rookie. Now owns Denver's rookie sack record. So I think that's what you get from Chubb if you can keep him on the field is a steady presence. He can set the edge in the run game and get after the passer on third down. Upside is somewhere between 10 and 16 sacks for Bradley Chubb if he stays healthy. Yeah, if Chubb likes money and likes having a career in the NFL, then he'll rise to the challenge. He has to stay healthy first and foremost, as Chad laid out. That's been his biggest thing. Can't help the club from the tub. Availability is the best ability. I mean, all the cliches apply to Bradley Chubb. He's in a contract year now, crossroads in his career. I think it's it could work to his advantage or disadvantage having those edge rushers like Randy Gregory and also now Nick Benito. You have Baron Browning converting as well. He might get kind of, uh, you know, overshadowed. He might fall down the pecking order. I think if you get 10 to 12 sacks from Bradley Chubb, a healthy Chubb, I think you'd be very happy with that. You want more, but. Amen. Guys, thank you so much. Been fun talking with you. We're going to dip on out of here while uh, Zach does the shout outs and the here's what we got to do. I'll, I'll pull up the shout outs while he goes through some of the rundown. That was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. We are off tomorrow back on Wednesday, same time, same place. Until that time, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, as you see right there on your screen, guys, new redesigned amazing website huddleuppod.com check that out if you want some merch i know you guys do and facebook.com slash mile i huddle pod like that page follow that page guys please if you haven't go to 
Apple Podcasts, and leave your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some merch, as you see in front of you each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right, and you can get that 15% off still for the next seven days, as you can see on the new merch store. Um, shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Gary Leeds Palmer, Ben Wallman, Howie Frickin' Day, Lawrence Rivera, Claude Riley, Dan Wilkett, and I'm going to throw in Big T, Travis Weber, plus our great Super Chat superstars. Uh, we've got Michael Ronquillo throwing down like a boss. we got Riley. we got Philip. we got the Duchess. We even got a Raiders fan, Big Raider Drox. we got Naj. we got Geo in the house. Thanks. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. And a shout out to Kim Becker. Don't forget, guys, you got a brand new podcast coming, a morning show uh, with Kim Becker, Becker's Broncos Bites, Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Time. And with that, we're out. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.